Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey guys, welcome to the Swell Suite. On this episode, Tanisha and I talk with Allison Wilson. She is the Director of Vineyard Operations at Cliff Lady Vineyards. She is responsible for overseeing all farming and redevelopment of the winery's three estate vineyards in the Stags Leap District, Carneros, and Calistoga AVAs. We hope you enjoy this episode. Cheers. Welcome to the Swirl Suite, everyone. Happy Wine Wednesday and happy spring. Hey, Tanisha. Happy spring. Yeah, I'm happy about it. Yeah, well, because spring, I mean, like stuff bloomed, the weather got nice, like instantly. The cherry blossoms are up in D.C. They bloom. And we have magnolias here. So the magnolia. Someone had to tell me. I was like, oh, is that what that is? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't um, I didn't go out near people, though. So it was a bunch of folks um, out uh, viewing the cherry blossoms. But no, it's too too many people for me right now. You people are you still not here for? I'm I'm not vaccinated yet. So, you know. Put that out there. Meanwhile, I'm pretty sure I might go to a concert right now. I'm like, there aren't any, but I'm saying like, I'm probably the one that would be at a concert. So don't mind um, me. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, an outdoor concert. An outdoor concert. No, I get it. I understood. Still. All right. Well, anyway. Um, yes. Uh, how was your, how was your weekend? Did you do anything great in Paris? Weekend was good. Um, I met up with a colleague and um, she had some American wine. So that was like a cool thing to do. So we tasted some um, from where? Washington State. Oh, nice. That's a good choice. Yeah, they were really good. It was, it's always nice to taste something that's not French. As much as I love French wine, I drink it all the time. Yeah. But it's nice to take a little break and drink something else. Yeah. I'm still trying to get out of my red wine. I don't want to say rut because that sounds so negative, but I should be drinking more white wine. You I should. You this, should. And I should. I think that over the past few months, I finally achieved balance. I do not drink sparkling wine all the time. Um, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm 50 50 with the whites and reds right now. I am 95 5. <laughs> <laughs> like, and you have such great white wine there. Like, what? What are you drinking the most of that's red? Oh, Rhone? Anything okay. with the well, blend? Well, I can't argue with that. Oh, yeah, I'm drinking a lot of that. Um, I did mm-hmm. move up to the Loire Valley, and so I was drinking okay. some Blanc, so I was doing that. So maybe I'll move over and drink some more Chenin Blanc, and then I'll move into some Chablis for the spring and summer. Okay. I hear you. Yeah. Maybe some Rosé. It is that season. I mean, but I, I don't really know what what isn't rosé season. I'm one of those people that drinks rosé all year long. But you're equal opportunity. You're going to drink rosé. I am. If the sun is out. You're like, oh, you're right. rosé. It's rosé time. Absolutely. And you know, I, I eat a lot of shrimp. I like shrimp and rosé. Yeah. And rosé for that hot dog you posted. Right, right. So I'm I did grill over the weekend. Chicago hot dog. I, I grilled over the weekend and um, I've been watching a lot of food network and, and food shows and um, I saw some hot dogs and it was Chicago style. And because I don't eat beef and pork, I was never able to try an actual Chicago style hot dog in Chicago. Yeah, so not playing them games. Well, I know y'all don't play around. Y'all don't play around. So 
I was like, well, I have some tomatoes and some relish. I know it's not like the bright relish that y'all use. And I don't have like the seeded bun that you use. I know it's not going to be exactly the same, but I could give it a shot. Okay. So I had a pickle. I had the relish. I had the yellow mustard. And um, I had the tomatoes. And the celery salt had that. It was delicious. Yes, it is. It was so good. It's the magic that had the seeded, the poppy seed bun. Oh, man. Man. So y'all know, I mean, y'all know how to eat. I haven't been in a very long time, but I know. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, 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 ma'am. So um, we have a special guest today. Hooray! And yes, we have a winemaker, a woman winemaker, uh, Allison Wilson. Hey, Allison. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Hey, we're hanging in there. We're happy as spring. <laughs> <laughs> So um, tell us uh, who you are and what you do. Okay. So I have to make one little correction. Okay. I'm a viticulturalist, so I don't want to credit away from the winemaker. And, okay. and I, I was as talented and good at chemistry as all of them. Yes. Please tell me what the difference is. So I'm the director of vineyard operations. So everything from planting the vines in the ground to farming them throughout the season. Um, the last thing I do is I put those grapes on the crush pad and then, and then it's not my problem anymore. Just kidding. Obviously it's still my, then, then the winemaker does their magic and in the next few years makes the wine that, that we end up sending out to the consumer. Huh. Interesting. So how did you uh, tell us about your journey to that, pers- that profession specifically? Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, how did I get to, to Cliff Lady Vineyards? It, I feel like you hear two stories in Napa, either the people who are born into it and it was just always what was going to become of their life and the people that um, accidentally found themselves in wine. You know, all of us are kind of, you know, a series of, of events. And I always say that my story is um, choose your adventure story. There's various twists and turns that I could have taken and little things that happened that led me here. But um, I grew up in um, the San Francisco Bay Area um, in the East Bay. And I had an uncle in Livermore, a great uncle who had a vineyard. And, you know, we would go down to the vineyard for harvest parties, maybe weekends. Um, and I, I got exposed to it a little bit there, but it was not really a big part of my life. It was kind of just this, you know, these are what some, you know, the Greek family members do. They all, they grow wine down there. I'm like, that's great. And, you know, come time to apply to college. I um, really wanted to go to Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, but they made you declare your major before you went to school. So I was a 17 year old kid. It was a little weird. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And, and I thought fruit science looked like an interesting major and, and probably just thought it was funny and, and would bug my mom at the time when I chose it. So I chose fruit science. I ended up down at Cal Poly. Um, I was in the you know department of crop science and horticulture and was the only Bay Area kid. It was a lot of Central Valley kids that came from, uh, you know, tree nuts and in different fruit crops um, that were going to go back home and, and farm for their families. And I was just this Bay Area kid wearing sandals outside and trying to trying to figure out how to fit in. And um, fast forward, by the time I was 21 in college, I got a job working in a tasting room. And I was like, oh, I was like, here it is. I was like, this is this is the, the fruit I can focus on. And so I started focusing on grapevines um, and I was about to graduate college. I still had no idea what I wanted to do. I thought maybe um, 
marketing sounded fun. Also, you know, I knew this major that I had and all this agriculture that I'd learned about. So I started applying for all sorts of jobs. Um, I applied for an assistant viticulturalist job in Napa with um, Oscar Renteria. And he was looking for someone who didn't really have much experience that he could take under his wing and um, hired me on about a week after I finished um, college in 2012. And from there, the rest is, is kind of history. I've, I've been here ever since. So. Fantastic story. I love it. I know, right? <laughs> Uh, so tell us about, tell us about the winery. Um, what kind of grapes do you guys grow? Do you? Yeah. So Cliff Lady Vineyard. So, um, Cliff is actually, um, a Canadian, um, born wine lover and he, um, purchased the S Anderson Vineyard Estate in 2012. It's in Yonville. It's right on Yonville Crossroad. Um, he, he came from a construction background. He just kind of loved art. He loved wine. He, he loves music. And it was always kind of his dream to, settle down in, in one of the wine regions and, and open a winery. So he, um, in, in 2002, he opened Cliff Lady Vineyards. Um, he kind of enlisted all of the experts in the industry and um, had the whole vineyard replanted. He, he brought David Abreu in, um, Michelle Roland, you know, all the, all the big guys to kind of get him started. Um, from there, he, a few years later, he was able to acquire the Chambers Vineyard across the street. It's on um, Silverado Trail. And that's now what we call our poetry vineyard. So we have two vineyards in the Stag's Leap District. So one's up on the hillside off the trail, one's on the Yonville Crossroad. And then we have an estate in Calistoga and a brand new fun estate project down in Carneros. So what do you guys actually grow there? Sorry, sometimes it's okay. Sometimes I just like, I'm so excited to talk about the, the background of everything. I forget, we grow Bordeaux varietals. <laughs> We have Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, Merlot, Malbec, and Petit Bordeaux on the estate. Um, we recently planted a little bit of um, Sauvignon Blanc and Semillon. We'll probably only mm -hmm. get a couple tons once it's producing down in Yonville, but we have some of that up in Calistoga. And then our new project down in Carneros, um, we've planted all the Bordeaux down there as well as um, some interesting kind of experimental varietals that we want to play with, um, some Marsan, Roussan, some Gamay mm. Noir. So we're branching out a little bit, um, going to try some different stuff within Napa. And then our sister brand, Fell, is over in Anderson Valley. And that's where we have our um, Pinot Gris, Pinot Noir, Chardonnays. How are the vines looking now? How's the weather been for you? The weather it's, it's about 80 degrees outside. So mm. it's um, spring has sprung here as well. Um, and we're just starting to get bud breaks. So right on time about right on time and, and everything, you know, the beginning of the season is always promising and hopeful. And we make these perfect plans for how it's going to go. And then we wait. Huh? So what are you going to pick first? What do you think? Our Sauvignon Blanc definitely comes in first, but you know, as we've been getting these hotter summers, it seems like the reds and the whites are, are getting closer together. So huh. we we don't want to pick cab until after September 1st. And we want to hopefully be done with Sauvignon Blanc by that time. So speaking of Sauvignon Blanc, I am drinking a Sauvignon Blanc. And the first of all, the blend to me is interesting. Um, so you got the Sommelion. And then I saw that there's something called um, Sauvignon Musquet. Is that how do you how do you say it? Yeah, yeah. Sauvignon Musquet. I, yeah, I don't know much about that. Tanisha, you know about that grape? No. No, tell us more. No, I'm so, I'm curious. What is that? Coolas, just um a different clone of Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, okay. um, 
fruitier. And then we have the Sauvignon Vert in there, which is um, another name for it is Muscadelle. Mm. Mm-hmm. If you've ever heard of that. And then a yeah. little secret. That we- I've heard of. Yeah. yeah. Muscat that goes in there. Interesting. Because mm-hmm. it's so- Muscadelle in Bordeaux. So yeah. that one I have heard of, but not the mm-hmm. other Sauvignon. And there's not much of this Muscadelle um, planted in Napa. Um, we buy it from um, the Nicolini Sanseri family up in Childs Valley. Um, these beautiful old vines, they were planted in 1947. It's one of my favorite vineyards to visit. And we're, we're lucky to get a, a small little piece of it to put into our blend. Sure. Um, I do have a winemaking question. I'm not sure if you would know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, I saw that you you guys use oak stainless steel and the concrete eggs what um do you know what was behind that decision I think that they just wanted to you know I I don't ever want to speak for the winemaker but his goal is always just to make a really well-rounded um wine so we source most of our Sauvignon Blanc as of right now um most of it comes um you know, from a, an area near Rutherford, but but some of it comes from Calistoga, some from Charles Valley, some from a, some cooler areas. And, and he really takes um, care to treat each of the lots separately. So using the different vessels just allows him um, to, to have more options when it comes to blending. I mean, we sometimes have 50 different lots that we're blending together to make this final wine. Allison, I want to ask you a question, getting back into um, your like core role in being a viticulturalist. I'm not sure a lot of people know exactly what that entails. Can you give us like a quick job description of yours and then maybe a typical day um, in your life at work? Yeah. So, you know, being a viticulturalist, it's, you know, it's a horticulturalist for, for grapevines. So sometimes I feel like I'm a glorified landscaper or, um, uh, you know, we're, we're farmers. And, and I think it is kind of one of those jobs that people um, misunderstand. Some of my friends who live in, live in the city, um, I tell them I'm a farmer and they're like, ha yeah, like you're, you're a farmer. I'm like, no, really, like, I'm serious. Like I'm, I'm a farmer. I don't, I don't think you guys understand. So we are in charge of all aspects of of growing the grapes. So from the soil management to the canopy management, so making sure the shoots are growing and uniform um, to the, the inputs, the, the fungicides, the um, fertilizer, the compost, um, all throughout the season through um, you know the formation of the entire cluster um, down to thinning that fruit and developing what types of crop loads we want for the season. And then, like I said, the very last thing we are in charge of is harvesting and delivering, um, sound and, um, complex, beautiful fruit for the winemaking team to work with. Okay. And so tomorrow, when you go to work, what will your day be like tomorrow? Like you go in at this time and then you leave at this time, what are you doing? This type, this time of year, we are working from, um, we, we start at first light. So it kind of is a moving target. You know, every, this type, this time of year, I guess we get two more minutes of sunlight every morning um, as we move to the longest day of the year. So um, we adjust every few weeks, what time we start. Um, we're starting about seven right now. Um, we meet with the crew first. So at Cliff Lady, we have, um, we're lucky enough to have an in-house crew. So we have, um, 
10 full-time year-round employees on staff. Um, we, um, I've, I've been working with most of this team for all six years that I've been at Cliff Lady, which is really awesome to have the same people year after year um, tending to the vineyard. So we meet with the crew. Um, to get you know down down into the nitty gritty, we we start with stretches <laughs> every morning. The crew um, does their stretches. We've made up kind of a little yoga plan for them that that we have fun with, um, and then we we talk about what um, everyone's going to do for the day. So various people will work on um, floor management. They'll get on the tractor. They'll do some mowing. They'll do some um, weed eating. <laughs> you know, all all of the glamorous part of wine country makes those vineyards look beautiful. And then other people will work on fertilizer. Um, my job um, after, you know, talking with my vineyard manager, his name is Beto Ochoa and, and kind of delegating all of the work is just to have eyes on the vineyard. So I'll walk through the vineyard, get my observations and then make the plans for the next day, for the next week, for the next month. And it, it's, we make the same plan every year. <laughs> and <laughs> we hope for the best. It's kind of, you know, it's like Groundhog's Day, but then we wait for these different weather events or different circumstances to come up. And then that's when the job really starts. That's when um, we're, you know, troubleshooting and in, in solving different problems, whether it's rain, fire, sun, um, snow. We had some snow a couple weeks ago, which was bizarre. Um, it's, it's all kind of it's smooth and steady until we have a weather event. Speaking of rain, do you guys need to use irrigation systems? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We do. Um, especially in years like like this year, the rainfall is is way below average, and so we we utilize um, an irrigation system in the vineyard, and we have about half gallon emitters per vine, and the vine density is, you know, can be up to about fifteen hundred vines per acre. Then we're lucky at Cliff Lady, we have a whole waste wastewater um, pond system, so we take the water that comes in from the winery. Um, that the winery uses, whether it's cleaning barrels or, um, you know, washing equipment that all goes into a wastewater um, pond system that we have set up and it's connected into our irrigation. So mm. we um, use that as much as possible and we'll supplement with uh, groundwater wells if, if we actually need to. So I've read in your bio that you are the chair of the marketing and communications committee at the Napa Grape Growers. So what is that? What does that involve? Yeah, so the Napa Valley Grape Growers is an awesome organization um, in the Napa Valley. Um, it's, you know, it's a trade industry group, um, different wineries, vineyard management companies, um, individual contractors um, are members, and, and they seek to um, have educational opportunities um, for members and for their employees, um, also to educate the general public locally um, and you know broadly around the country um, and and around the world. And when I I guess I was in my second year at, at Renteria, Oscar um, Renteria came in and he put a sign-up sheet down. He said, I want a few of you guys to join committees, choose one. And I was like, oh, you know, there's member services and there's all these different committees that that really make sense for a boots on the ground type of person to join. And I was like, no, I wanna join the marketing communications. It's, I haven't talked to many people in a couple of years I'm out there with the vines, um, especially at the beginning of your career, you're just walking vineyards all day. Um, and so I chose that committee um, and, and they let me 
on it probably back in 2013, 2014. Um, and I was a member forever. And then a couple of years back, um, I became the chair and, and we just, we worked to, to spread the message, um, you know, help out with different fundraising events, you know, communicate, you know, with other members in the community as much as we possibly can. So it's, it's fun. It's a nice outlet. It's a nice way to get out of the vineyard and, and be involved with kind of a broader group of people. Does Cliff Lady have, um, different ways of magnifying like wine collaborations or like mentorship programs? So I feel like this is such an interesting question because it, so the, the way that I, so to give some background before I kind of answer that question directly, I got to Cliff Lady Vineyards, um, kind of a weird way through the grape growers. I was doing a harvest press conference with the grape growers and I was so nervous. I like had all these statistics. I thought I was going to share with the public and I had pages of notes, which like I still have, I'm not going to lie. And I show up on the first day and, um, I'm on, I'm on this panel with, um, this woman named Remy Cohen. So she used to be at Cliff Lady. She's now at, um, Domain Carneros and she made me feel so calm and relaxed about the situation. She told me to, you know, put, throw my notes away. You're fine. You got this. And after we were done with the press conference, she said, at some point in my career, I'm going to get to hire somebody and I'm going to call you. And I was like, wow, like that's amazing. <laughs> two years later, you know, October after harvest, she gave me a call and she's like, the time has come. She was like, I'm a, she was the director of vineyards and winemaking and she was going to become the, the VP and the GM at Cliff Lady. And she was like, I need, I need a viticulturalist. So Remy was actually the person who brought me on at, at Cliff Lady um, she just left this spring um, to go to Domain Carnero. So, so back to this question, I feel like I, um, to this point in my career, have always been the mentee. Mm. Um, I've had all of these people that have brought me into, you know, I've been in, I'm kind of coming up to 10 years and all these people have helped my career and helped my path. And I haven't had the opportunity yet to be that mentor. So I'm really excited to kind of dive into finding ways to help other people the way Remy helped me in this industry. And one of the ways, um, one of the things that I've signed up for and that I'm really excited to start doing next season, it kind of got put on pause this year because of everything, um, is there's a fields of opportunity program that the Napa Valley grape growers do. Um, so it basically connects high school students um, with the larger local wine industry and helps them develop skills and shows them that, you know, there's this whole industry here in this place that you grew up in, um, you know, try out each job, see if there's something you want to do. And then there's scholarship programs and all sorts of things for afterwards. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm really, really excited. And, you know, they get to spend, you know, it's an eight week program. They spend three to four days per week. And then they're with different people. They go to hospitality, they go with the winemaker, they go with the vineyard manager, and they get to really see the whole industry broadly. Mm -hmm. I just think that this is a program that it's awesome to start it locally, but so many people don't even realize what the wine industry is that I hope that it can expand eventually. And, you know, yeah. maybe with virtual, we can bring people in from, you know, places outside of Napa to kind of experience this. I think that's so necessary. It is. Look at the wine industry and they think like, oh, you're a psalm or you're a winemaker, or maybe you work like at a wine shop, you know, as caviste mm -hmm. or, you know, you just are sales associate at a wine shop, but they don't think about all the other career paths and all the other things that go into the wine industry. So yeah. 
they can study so many different things. One is art, it's geology, it's geography, it's climate. Yeah, it's history, yeah. You know, it's history. It's, all, it's finance, it's accounting, like all this graphic design, like all of these different things uh, go into it. And so if someone were thinking about a career in viticulture, what kind of classes would you suggest they take? Or like, where would you, you know, suggest they kind of start? They're like, I'm thinking about viticulture. What should I mm-hmm. What should I do? The cool thing about viticulture is, is that... <laughs> I know so many people who studied, you know, business or marketing or, you know, didn't go to college at all um, and, and are able to get into viticulture because there's, it, it's, it can be so intuitive. Um, it's, you know, working with the land and with the plants and, and it's still one of those careers and industries that you can really apprentice in and, and learn from people who have been doing it longer than you. It's only recently that, it's become, you know, that wine and viticulture have become a major that you can study in school. So I studied fruit science. I didn't focus just on grapevines and viticulture. I learned about all, all different um, ag. And I would just suggest if someone was really into it to um, take a few agriculture classes. It, it could even be, you know, greenhouse horticulture, you know, anything like that, just get into the plant sciences and And that's definitely a good way to dip your toe in. Well, thank you for that. Because a lot of people, that's something that they don't um, think about. Because um, like I know plant science and that kind of thing was offered at my university. But when you think about plant science, people are like, okay, what do I do with that? Like, Mm -hmm. am I work in a garden? Like, am I going to be a farmer? And they look at farmer as like, okay, I'm like growing corn or wheat or something like that. Like they don't Mm -hmm. look at necessarily the big picture of it. And with everything that's kind of going on in the world now, we're talking about, you know, being more organic and natural and more sustainability and things like that. I think people are looking more into how their food is grown and where it comes yeah. from. Yeah. So thinking of this as a career path or as a study, even, you know, to doing that as a major in order to study it more is something that I think more people are interested in. I think that um, growing growing up in D.C. where it's so government heavy that a lot of people study like plant life and food science and they go to government agencies and study where food comes from and how it gets to your grocery stores and your table, that sort of thing. But never that close, you know, never like out in the vines or, you know, out as farmers. So it's really interesting. Sure. I mean, it's not my cup of tea. Like, I just want to drink the wine. Like, I don't want to <laughs> actually in the dirt. Because even when I've gone out to vineyards, just, you know, like on press trips or just like visiting or taking tour groups or whatever. And there's always, you know, it's a winemaker. Someone's going to just like, look and look at the soil and you pick it up. And I'm like, no, you got it. <laughs> I can see it from here. Okay, thanks. I remember one time, Allison, I used to work at a winery. And then one time I popped up at the winery. I, I no longer worked there, but I was just visiting um, just to get a tasting and a bottle of wine. And um, Sarah, the winemaker of Black Ankle, she was she was in the fields on a tractor. And so the general manager was like, oh, Sarita, go to the field. Sarah's on there in the tractor. She wants to say hi. So I was like, what? I have on a dress. I don't even. But I was like, hey, all right, let me just take my shoes off. And so she's in this tractor and and I'm just walking through dirt and she's yelling stuff. I'm yelling stuff. I was like, oh, this is so fun. So it took my mind a minute to get there. But I think, uh, yeah, it's fun. Fun. 
if you're prepared yes if you like in a dress True. yeah <laughs> and, and you know and some strappy sandals like that might right. not be the time but you know <laughs> when you have all your um you know your boots and you have all your gloves and your overalls or whatever it is you wear out in the vineyard that's not a dress that's more appropriate I've always said that I wanted to help with um harvest one year because I never had I never did um because once people explained the day I was like yeah kudos to y'all I don't I don't know if I want to do that all day it looks hard half a day it doesn't look fun it doesn't look fun (laughs) it looks fun for a short time depending on who you are but um I have to try it once I do I absolutely I think I might do it this year because oh fun have the same problem um like last year with I mean maybe by then we'll see how vaccines go and the borders will be back open again mm-hmm. people can you know at least within the um European Union they can come and help but last year they had such a big problem of getting people to you know their regular vineyard workers in so yeah. you know now is a good time to just be like hey let me go work a harvest I'll probably last 20 minutes and be like well it was fun <laughs> Take a couple pictures, do a couple reels, and then, you know, <laughs> I might be useless. We would love to have you guys come and visit. We always talk about oh, yay. doing, um, and this one thing I've been, was talking to the grape growers about last year, we were going to try to do a big press trip and have, you know, do a day in the life during harvest. Um, and I think that, yeah, no one really knows exactly what goes on. I think that, I mean, we harvest all night in the vineyard. Start at about 9 p.m. and we go all night. And my job is to get that fruit to the crush pad for when the winemaking team shows up. And I think I, my vineyard team might get mad at me for saying this, but I think that their job in the winery is harder. Then they'll work 15 hours sorting through all that fruit, washing everything, sanitizing everything. It's it's just such a tedious process that it's really interesting to see the whole day from from start to finish. And, encourage anyone who has the opportunity to come out and see it to definitely um at least experience a little mini day I love that I would love that all right so this part of our show we just ask you uh, ask you random and not so rapid questions you just give us an answer that comes to your head Tanisha these are for you too what is your favorite yoga pose I was on your Instagram I saw you like yoga yeah so (laughs) Um, my, my side gig that I always said, you know, if anything happened, I could just teach yoga and then you know, the pandemic happened thing <laughs> is I teach yoga a couple days a week. Um, and you know, I'm just like a child's pose down yeah. dog kind of girl. Yeah. Um, I don't usually get fancy. I don't really like to be upside down and, and on my head that often. So I'm more into the, the relaxed yoga. Yeah. Yeah. Talking my language. <laughs> Tanisha, about you. what about you? You do yoga? You know, I don't do yoga. Okay. So right. I can do a pose. I'm like, what's the horizontal? Like, I'm in bed. <laughs> I'll do that. Just like um, that can be yoga. <laughs> All right. So, our money questions for this week if you receive $13,000, what would you do with it? That's such, I mean, how do you answer? Can I answer it like <laughs> ways? Like, if, if it's like, <laughs> the money what would I do with it like if I had a kid being born in three weeks what would sure I do? go for it any way you want and you can be selfish you know absolutely well thousand on me it's a safe space I'll buy a crib like you can say that it's fine yeah I mean I, there's some bills I would pay off and then a little bit of saving I would do but 
but if I didn't, if I didn't personally need the money, um, I think that a great organization in the Napa Valley that, you know, again, is doing a lot as the Farm Worker Foundation. Um, they, they are doing awesome programs um, for, for farm workers, whether it's housing, English classes, um, career advancement classes. Um, they're, they're really digging in with, you know, our, our farm worker community here is, is not migrant. They don't come and leave. They, they live here. <laughs> they're, they're part of the community. Um, so these, these education programs and, and the Farm Worker Foundation is, is where if I had, if I had the extra change, I would always send it there. I don't know what extra change means. I'm gonna have to Google that. (laughs) Tanisha, what is your answer this week? Um, So I think with the other money that I've already gotten the Chanel bag um, (laughs) and a couple more Yerman bracelets and a Hermes bracelet, um, I've taken a trip. Uh, I actually really want to, and you about to, be so surprised um start like an organization a foundation or something like that to encourage young uh, um black kids in the urban community because i'm thinking south side of chicago encourage them and educate them on studying abroad and Mm -hmm. how important it is to study abroad um because that's something i mean i traveled in my full-grown adult life and realized and always thought back like man i wish i'd had a study abroad whether yeah. It's I went to a university abroad or just did a semester abroad, but that's something I didn't know about. So, of course, I haven't fleshed this out because I don't have $13,000. But um, <laughs> that's something that I would really want to think about how I can go about getting that started and um, implementing that in places to just, you know, encourage that, educate them on it and then encourage that. That's really cool. I considered it um, when I was in college, but um, it was too expensive for me. Um I just, it just wasn't something I could afford at the time. Yeah. And then with more money, then, you know, we get people to, you know, um, donate money mm-hmm. and help out and that kind of thing, get grants. And so um, yeah. offer scholarships and stuff for that. But even just so they'll know, because some people um, might even just be able to go to a university in another country. And it is so much cheaper to go to university somewhere else. Mm. Because also awesome. with that, we will also encourage learning another language um, too. So that would be like a part of it. So, yeah. That's great. That's a great answer. Um, let's see. My answer, um, I, um, I've said this before. I live in a food desert in D.C. And I think I would start some sort of program that feeds the, el- the elderly and elementary school kids. Um. I feel like, especially with COVID and everything, kids aren't in school, they're not getting lunches, um, like they, they're not getting fed. And, um, and also a lot of people forget about the elderly, they're suffering too. Um, and I think it would have like a, sort of like a Meals on Wheels program to deliver to both populations. Oh, I love it. At first I thought you were going to say community garden, because I felt like that would be your thing of like growing. That would be, I don't have a green thumb though. That would be so cute if I knew how to do that kind of thing. <laughs> I see that being you. <laughs> if anybody wants to teach me, um, that'd be awesome. But um, no, I do not. I do not have a green thrum. Somebody at, at her. Mm-mm. Well, Bree's doing. Bree is doing her best. Um, yeah. Brian, poor Brianna, she's doing her best to explain to me stuff. But it's wow. 
Wow. Well, she gave up on me. <laughs> All right. Next question. Um, what is your favorite girls trip destination? Vegas. For real? Yeah. I mean, well, I've never been to Vegas. I think that's why I responded like that. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying it like I've done it. I mean, I've done it a couple of times and it was fun. So that's what I'm just saying. Vegas. Okay. Like other places. I mean, where else do people go on girls trips? Like what? Um, Are you kidding me? New Orleans all day. New Orleans. Ah, yeah. New Orleans was fun. I think since I, I did that a couple of times and the way I did it, that was just so, and it was just so hot. It, like, yeah. it, like I'm hot and uncomfortable. Okay. Did you have braids? That matters. I think your I hair matters in New Orleans because it's so I've humid. Had short hair. I've had okay. braids. I've had full weave. Like I've had all of the looks. Okay. It's always right. hot. You're right. You're right. Allison, what's your answer? You know, I've been on a few girl trips to Vegas, not in a while. And it's, you know, it's what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> mm-hmm. My last girl's trip was to Ojai. So it's, you know, between here and LA, it's just like a little quiet town. So if you're looking for a chill girl's trip where you just kind of sit by the pool and hang out, um, that's that was that was an awesome one that I've kind of held on to the last year until we can all get together and go on another trip. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we've chilled out enough the past year. That's why I'm like all trips <laughs> now are all turn up all the time. But we like chilled out by ourselves. <laughs> with like yeah, so like I don't want to chill out with somebody else. Like if I with other people like full turn up every time. So mm. I was like, ooh, Vegas first. What has the most amount of lights and stuff and sounds? <laughs> and activities Vegas okay yeah well my answer is New Orleans okay oh yeah New Orleans is fun New Orleans is a lot of fun it's streets and all that food New Orleans wears me out yeah it's yeah it's a lot (laughs) it's a lot on it's a lot on your liver um yeah it's yeah but you're eating so much you can never really be drunk that is certainly not true that's oh, no, certainly eating, not true. I think that was my problem. I was eating too much. <laughs> um, what is your favorite dish to add avocado to? I, I'm, I'm such a millennial that it's just the avocado toast. <laughs> I, I wish I could say something that was not as basic as that, but you know, I don't know. Mine's about to be more basic because I'm about to say nachos. Okay, avocado is yeah. great on nachos. Yeah, basic, basic. And toast. toast. Um, I was just going to say eggs. Mm. I toast. love avocado and eggs. Yeah, it is delicious. But no, basic. Nachos with avocado, also known as guacamole. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wraps up all of the questions. Um, Allison, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I hope that Thanks. when the everything gets lifted you guys can come visit in napa hopefully around around harvest time and i can i can show you what it's all about i would love that before we go tell everybody where they can follow you and and the winery yeah so you can um follow us on instagram um at cliff lady vineyards or a sister brand um at fell f-e-l and you can find us at um ladyfamilywines.com lady is spelled l-e-d-e awesome well you enjoy the rest of your week and thank you again for joining us 
Thank you. Thanks, so Allison. It was great talking Thank to you. you. Have a good week, guys. And good luck in your pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, guys, that is our show. We'd like to thank Allison again for joining us. We had a great time getting to know her and learning all about Cliff Lady Vineyards. Uh, the Swirl Suite is going on spring break. <laughs> so we are taking a two-week break. Um, this is a time for you to go catch up on some episodes you may have missed. They're all awesome. You can also use this time to follow us all on Instagram if you haven't already. Um, you can find myself, Sarita, at Find Me Up, Tanisha at Girl Meets Glass, Leslie at Vino301, and The Wine Concierge, and lastly, Glennis at Vino Noir. And you can follow the Swirl Suite at Swirl Suite. So check us out, follow. If you have any ideas of, about show guests, just let us know. Give us a holler, send us a DM, or just email us at swirlsuite at gmail.com. Have a great Easter. Cheers. <laughs>